right, advertiser time. So, first off, our OG sponsor, Sinister Jerky. Use code KINGDOM, that's K-I-N-G-D-O-M, at checkout at www.sinisterjerky.com. Grab yourself a nice little discount. And also, this podcast is powered by Balls Garara. Grab life by the balls. And with that said, let's go on to the podcast. All right, welcome back to Castle Comms, episode 85. Today, we have a dev from a game that's in development but is looking amazing. We have one of the guys from From Within, Texas Toast himself. Texas, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Excellent. So, for those people out there who may not have heard from From Within, it is an amazing looking game third-person point of view that has a lot of vibes from like the SOCOM era, the Ghost Recon era, things like that. So when you were in the process of developing this game, was that what you were trying to capture with From Within? Um, not exactly. We didn't really want to make a SOCOM remake or anything like that or tie ourselves to that. We're more focused on building a game that we wanted with things that we loved as kids growing up, playing the older games of like, you know, Metal Warner Allied Assault or Battlefield 1942 or the Ghost Recon or Combat Desert Storm. Those types of games is really kind of, or Arma 2, you know, those games right. really fueled our vision. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, you can tell by the gameplay, and it's a beautiful looking game. You guys are using the Unreal Engine 5, is that correct? Yeah, we're using, uh, we just updated. I would say a month ago we updated the project to five point. Excellent. And right now the game is sitting at a place where you can do like, you know, death matches and team death matches with friends online. Now, this, this is a very early port of the game, so in later renditions of the game, are you guys looking to add something like a campaign mode or anything of that nature? Um, not for right now, it's not really our plan. Our plan is to make a a quick like PvP, you get in, you get out, because you know some people come home from work all day, and you know dads and stuff like that, or, or moms, and they don't have time to run through thirty-minute games or forty-five-minute games. So something quick and fun that people can enjoy. Oh, totally, that makes complete sense. So with this game, is this the first game that you've been a part of in the development aspect of things? Absolutely. Actually, uh, this week, um, I paired up with a another developer, and now we're co-owners of the whole project. Um, he used to work at Activision um, years ago. <clears throat> he was part of testing and a little bit of development on the Call of Duty 4 games. So well, That's awesome. So um, did you come in contact with this person through, like, you know, pre-existing friendship? Did you come in contact with him through, uh, you know, a message board? Like, how did you get in contact with the From Within team? Uh, I'm not really, I don't really remember. I, I'm pretty sure it was from the Unreal Engine Discord. And then uh, from there, like, we would just go hang out in his Discord and he'd be working on his game at the time and I'd be working on mine. And our, our games shared a lot of similarities, such as characters and placeholders, because, you know, we're using assets from the asset store right now until we start replacing them, which today we had our first meeting with a uh, 3D modeler in his studio and we got our estimates and stuff like that. We're moving in that direction currently right now and building our own. So Totally. So 
from somebody who this is like one of their first projects in the gaming scene, how surreal is it for you to have people, you know, playing your game, giving you feedback, having the discord as alive as it is like, how surreal is that? Or is it one of those things where you're just so busy, you haven't had time to really reflect on it? It's a very strange, you know, you always hear the term. I was talking to blaze in 4k and uh, he was saying, you know, him and John, so common. And, you know, things really do happen overnight. You know, you don't think about it, but, like, if your project or proof of concept that you're building off of makes it out there and, and people like it, they love it, it kind of happens overnight. So it's been a lot to take in at once. Uh, we've, I was very fortunate to have really good friends around me uh, that came to my side and helped, and uh, we, they, they got the Discord all figured out and everything, signing community managers. And, and then my buddy that I partnered with, he came, he was there, so we decided to go into ownership of the project because uh, it's it's not, I can't do this on my own right now. It's a lot bigger and the expectations are a lot higher and we want to meet a deadline, right? So we don't want to let the community down. Right. We've been working nonstop, so. So what is the next thing on your guys' roadmap? Because I'm sure you guys have, like, you know, set goals and things that you aspire to implement into the game. Now, if you are at liberty to say, what is the next thing that is on the agenda? Um, right now, we're kind of focusing on our character replacement um, and, our, and our own level design. Uh, we don't really want to use the asset maps that are in there currently. Those are just kind of there to be there. Um, like placeholders. Yeah, they're placeholders right now. We actually decided that we're going to end up naming our studio, if we get to that point, Placeholder Entertainment. Um, That's actually awesome. But, uh, I like that. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take the assets, move those out, uh, build our own maps. We're actually currently in the process of building our own maps and add in destruction like you would see in Battlefield Bad Company 2. Totally. Um, to give so, players their own... So with the building... Of maps, like for settings, are you planning on making like a mixture of settings? Like I know Eastern Europe has been a big place for a lot of games that have come out lately. Are you thinking about mixing it up, having like snow levels, desert levels, wooded, heavily wooded areas, or are you planning on like one setting? No, we want to pretty much sprawl it across the world. You know, back in the day when you used to play like a Metal of Honor Allied Assault, you would go to different continents and fight in different wars, you know, not wars, but different, like, areas. Theaters of operation, yes. Yeah, different different theaters is what we're trying to focus on. We do want to, however, touch the, the European side with a map, right? But that's really going to come into, like, the next game that we've already pretty much planned out that we already had, that his original game, and then the... A lot of aspects you're going to see in this are going to carry over to that, but it's going to be a lot larger scale of a battlefield. When you say larger scale, are you talking about potentially the implementation of vehicles, such as a tank or a Humvee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already have the vehicles. Um, a lot of the stuff we already have. And we, yeah, we're talking vehicles, helicopters. Um, it's kind of like a if you were to play Arma um, and you wanted it, uh, more weapons, more vehicles a better way to fight that's not it's less complicated right um that's the goal but we don't want to be battlefield and we don't want to be arma but we want to be our own thing 
Totally, totally. The third person viewpoint really gives it that unique feel as opposed to, you know, like a battlefield kind of game. So with game modes, are you guys planning on keeping like, you know, the deathmatch, obviously team and solo, uh, but are you thinking about adding anything different, like kind of like a like a CSGO plant defuse or a search and destroy kind of game or a capture the flag or something like that in the future? Uh, yeah, we have Capture the Flag right now. Um, it needs to be chained. Like, there's a lot of stuff things to do with the place. But yes, Demolition, one life uh, per round. Maybe doing six rounds. It's like you would see in CSGO. Um, that is on our list of adding. Um, also, making all the maps interchangeable between the modes. That's a very important thing that we're trying to get after right now and fixing uh, the UI. But we've fixed over in the past week. We've, we're have already over 20 bugs fixed. And we're kind of rolling hot, but we've been working very hard. So I know I've only been getting two to three hours of sleep a night. I'll go to work, come home, and then get back to work, right? And uh, it's the same for uh, what he's, or Justin, he's been doing the same thing. He'll go to work, come back. And we work till five, six o'clock in the morning, go to sleep, wake up, go to work at eight. So it's definitely a labor of love at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of passion for what we want to do, and we have a goal. We have a community that, you know, we interact with and talk to and take their feedback, and we take it honestly, you know. And um, Taking that approach to actually be a genuine person and have a goal of what you want to do and getting it done. Right, so you want to be the studio that, like, you know, actually listens to community feedback. You want to be kind of an approachable studio. Is that kind of the vibe? Yeah, absolutely. We want the community, the player base, to be able to talk with developers, provide their feedback. We'll jump down there and play games with the community, you know, and shoot the shit. And um, I think it's very important to see that relationship build between a studio and their community to know that, hey, we're here, we're listening, we're working. Uh, we're, we're using Jira right now to track a lot of our bugs. And as we go through there, we're just, whatever the community puts in, put in Jira. Then we track it through there, cancel it out. If we're done with it, and we just keep the keep the ball rolling, basically. Absolutely. So when it comes to things such as community involvement, uh, in a later rendition of the game, when things are more developed, obviously, are you guys thinking about opening it up for like you know player created maps or modding community or you know streamer items, things of that nature? Hmm. Not sure about the SDK. I'd have to talk with the other developer. Um, I think he mentioned it. Uh, I think opening up to mod and opening up to the community to do what they want to with it really keeps games alive. Uh, it keeps them alive, and it gives the player base a sense of uh, ownership, right? Because right. they're investing their time and they're investing you know, their hours into a game they love that everybody can enjoy. It adds more uh, layers to it. Yeah, and I don't think that we should be the only people that are going in and making maps and you know doing this, that, and the other. I think it, if the player base wants to go in and do mods and make maps that everybody can play on and enjoy, and then so be it. You know, give the freedom to the community and to the players. Absolutely. So, is there anything that you, in this project that you have created, or someone in your team have created that you just look at and it's just kind of like, "Wow, we did that!" Like, have you had one of those moments of like, you know, "Holy shit!" Like, this is actually becoming a thing. Um, for me, no, not necessarily. I would, I would like to get in there and build my own map and stuff like that. And then I'll, I'll probably see. It. I think the only thing we can really agree to say that on is. 
uh, the you know implementing the weapons, the Niagara effects, and that, and kind of just putting it together and saying, "Hey, this is a proof of concept." Um, that's really, I guess, what we would say. Hey, we're really proud of. We're proud of that. Our proof of concept is not, you know, it's playable. Obviously, there's bugs. There's game breaking bugs, and we need to get in there and fix it. But I think we'll have a lot more um, passion towards that, or or be proud of it once we start getting our own models and our own levels in there and things of that nature. Totally. So when it comes to bugs, is it one of those things where it's like? you have to have people play test it to find them or do you like look at the code and you like getting a general idea of what's going to be a problem before they're identified? Um, really depends on who's doing the work. Like, uh, for example, <clears throat> when we loaded in and we had people playing, there were a lot of bugs that we, we did not know were in there because you know, you can only get so far with the AI that you're playing with when you're testing. True. Um, but having other players in there with the replication um, and seeing some of the like optics and things like that fall off the weapon uh, really made us go back and look at the work that was done and say, okay, we need to fix this, right? So Justin went in and he fixed all that. And he's been working around the clock to, to make sure all that stuff's uh, up, up to run. Right. So when it comes to battle rifles in the game, it looks like we have a lot of American, we have some Russian influence, we even have some bull props from the British Army. Are there any other weapons that are not in the game that you're looking to implement? Uh, yeah, actually, we have a... Those were kind of just there, you know, because we're in the, the concept phase. But right. alone today, well, the past week, um, uh, Justin's been... I think he's got about, like, uh, tons of what we got mp5s now we have as valves we have ak's we're adding svds rsas's um we're really expanding the weapon selection so that way people aren't constricted to certain classes and things of that nature so they can kind of play the way they want to you know what i mean totally totally so speaking of playing the way that one would want to have you guys kicked around the idea of before jumping into a match having like a uh, like a shooting range type of gameplay where a player could like test out all the weapons to figure out which one works best for them before they jump into a match uh yeah we've thought about it and uh i i think it, it's not one of our main priorities right now i think one of the the bigger priorities was getting a lot of the bugs fixed oh absolutely um, so, but that is that will be a thing, you know, obviously. And that, also that with the character creation. That that would be really cool. And you know what else? Like, I've, I've always kind of wanted to see this implemented in a game like this. Like, a kill house scenario. It's like a save the hostage kind of gameplay where it will, like, you know, you can either queue up with your friends or with randoms. And then, like, you know, one of those things where you got to storm or breach a house kind of... and save the hostages, kill the baddies, that type of thing. That Those are the kinds of things that I love to see in games. Are you guys thinking about implementing any kind of team-based, objective-based things in the future, obviously? Because we're, we're still at very early access, but we're peering down the road. Yeah, I um, we talked about, me and uh, me and the other developer talked about that uh, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, just we talked about it, and we said, you know, we we really want to go through and recreate Osama bin Laden's compound, um, and we want to give players like a kind of like a, eliminate the target, uh, pretty much, and then um, you know have the enemy players spawn and uh, inside the building and 
uh, every target's gonna. So when you spawn in, having like every player um, randomize who's who Osama bin Laden is, right? Right. Um, right. Well, obviously, we can't use names. We're not gonna go down that path, but um, we will. You end up using the compound um, and recreating it by right. house and things like. That's going to be awesome. Like, there's just so many things with, like, a game. It's kind of like an open canvas at this point because there's just so many directions that you can go. Now, with that being said, do you guys ever kind of, like, just look at all the possibilities of things you can do and kind of get overwhelmed to the point where you're just like, let's just focus on the here and now. Like, there's so many things that we can do. Maybe let's just focus on the bugs, focus on the game in its current state. Like, does it ever get yeah. overwhelming? It does a little bit. Um... But it's pretty cool because we kind of know our strengths and weaknesses on the team. So um, I don't really have to worry about a lot. I, it's pretty much Justin going in and like he'll take care of the animations and the characters and weapons and things like that. And then on my side, my strengths are more of like landscape and uh, building out environments and stuff like that. And I'll go take care of that. If there's not something, if there's something we don't know how to do, like for obviously like... Uh, Two days ago, I learned how to do, you know, learning physics with the using destruction to make the maps more destructible and walls and C4 and all kinds of stuff. But um, if there's things we don't know how to do, we kind of put our heads together and kind of approach it in the best way possible to get it done. And we go through documentation and kind of figure it out. See, that's that's really cool. Seeing all those things slowly being implemented in the game like the destruction getting these things together getting your notes compiling it finding what works what doesn't all that other stuff so how if you had to rate this on a scale of zero being easy 10 being the most difficult challenge of your life when it comes to you know work where would you rate this current like you know venture would you say this is incredibly difficult would you say it's been a labor of love very easy or would you say it's somewhere in between I would say it for me, um, I think for the team as a whole, it's kind of somewhere in between, you know what I mean, for us. So totally. he's got 10 plus years of doing developing. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time in the military, so I'm kind of used to deadlines. I'm used to stress. I'm used to not getting sleep. I'm used to working overtime. I'm kind of just, I'm used to it. So You're used to people like, coming into your barracks room and giving you, getting you in trouble because you had trash in your trash can and stupid shit like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Like, What was your NEC or MOS when you were in? Um, I was at 35 Golf. Okay. okay. I was a geospatial analyst, and I taught at the um, uh, military school of intelligence for the 35 Golf. Taught nice. over 1,000 soldiers. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. So that, what is... Like there's probably so much from that experience that translates well into like you know helping be part of a team and running a team when it comes into the development side. So with that being said, like what would you say is the best thing you got from military service when it comes into the transition and working with a team to this capacity? Like what skill would you say have you utilized the most? I would say management and understanding, right? Um, like. Being able to engage with the community, understanding like people have needs, um, being uh, understandable towards those needs and, and players, uh, being empathetic, just being all around like uh, the management of hey like prioritizing and things like that. It's really allowed me to kind of well me and and the other dev to kind of say hey like this is what we need to focus on. These are the priorities, and then we just get after the priorities. Like we don't. We don't really take our time 
you know, like once we see a problem, we're fixing that problem. Like it's uh, the direction of like getting stuff done and not sitting around all day and stuff like that. Like we, we both have that equal um, understanding of each other to get shit done. And that's pretty much what we do, you know? That's awesome. So when it comes to expectations for the game, would you say that the community outreach and the community feedback has exceeded your expectations, met your expectations, or fallen short of expectations? I exceeded, really. The the feedback that we're getting is like it's amazing. To be honest, like a lot of the a lot of the things that are being reported, there are some things obviously that we do know that we knew um, because the game wasn't in reality like it blew up overnight. It was not ready. It was just a concept. Um, so the feedback that we got, a lot of it's helpful. You know, from aspects of people coming in and say, you know, it'd be cool if we had this. You know, it'd be cool if we had that. And it kind of opened our eyes to some things that we weren't really thinking about, and we've kind of digged in like we've dug into um recently and we're saying okay yeah we can do this we made it work it's pretty easy um simple fix or whatever it may be but the community all around has been very very supportive um very good on board helping um i think i'm only like scrolling through twitter and i do go through twitter and read all the comments and things like that and it's you know you do have your naysayers and that's fine it's okay it's respectable right. that's ex- that's understandable because you're never gonna make everybody happy and projects especially early projects such as this one you're always gonna get those people who are gonna be naysaying for whatever reason whether it be like doubt created by another like game that didn't yeah. meet their expectations or maybe they were just a pessimist and unfortunately in the social media stance it's kind of become popular to be like you know negative and poop on things so there's so many reasons yeah. why somebody could take that stance so it's awesome that you're not taking that personally because i know a lot of no, people no. do well i you know we look at it a little different um i think from having a military experience like there's a way that you take criticism and you you go with it right at the end of the day you're not perfect Right. But I think criticism is actually a very good teacher. Um, I would say the only thing that, you know, we do have a lot of passion for what we do and what we are doing, but dealing with the criticism in a way that it doesn't really affect us. So, you know, it is what it is, but we do learn from it. We, you know, we take notes. It's not a, hey, this guy's, you know, or this girl's criticizing our game and we're mad and we're just going to do this, that, and the other. We're very open-minded people and very forthcoming we're very transparent with the community of what we're doing what we're planning to do we didn't we didn't start a kickstarter specifically for that because we don't want to ask people for money or help or support because it would be kind of dumb to do that without even having estimates or quotes from actual modelers and things of that nature right because you don't Um, know exactly how much you need to reach said desired goal so asking for money could be well short of the goal or well above the goal Exactly. We don't want to put a random number up there and, you know, exceed it or, or hit it or whatever it may be. And we don't actually need all of it. So um, I think as far as we got right now with our own income, I think is pretty good. And I think we'll continue to get to where we need to be on our own income. Um, but I think at least for the next year that for, for the rest of the year, I don't I don't think and the other developer doesn't think that we need support or income from anybody we really want to put a product out there that people are going to enjoy play that's actually you know 
it changes the landscape and we'll enjoy it. And then if they want to donate, they can't. But we don't need it right now. So Totally. So is there any aspect of the game that either you're working on currently or is on the roadmap that you are not looking forward to tackling? That's kind of like a bear, like a mountain to climb. Is there any current thing in the game that needs to be addressed that is kind of like, oh, we got to do this? Um... Not necessarily. I mean, maybe the uh, the destruction part, but it's kind of fun, you know. Like, I don't. I, I kind of like. I'm a. You like a challenge, a bit of a nerd, man. I like a challenge. I, I'm a little bit of a nerd, and I've always, you know, met my challenge or completed. I've never been at a point where it's kind of weird. It's different for me because I guess being in the military, when you're when you're kind of met with the challenge, you. You don't really have an option to fail. You know what I mean? Exactly. You so, you can't just go to first sergeant and be like, "It's not happening." You like you have yeah, to make yeah. it work. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it work one way or another, um, regardless of what people think or how people view it. Um, it will get done. Uh, it'll it, it'll get done in a timely manner, and I believe people will enjoy it at the end of the day. And if they don't, it's okay. Absolutely. Need to work on it. So, is there a studio? Or any kind of game developers out there who you admire, who you want to pretty much try to emulate when it comes to the way that you're going to do business? Um, no, not really. Um, I think a lot of the um, big-time studios are, have kind of lost touch, if not lost touch completely, with their player base. Um, totally, but in a way, that's a good thing for you because you're you're taking the lessons of you know, developers past and present, and you're learning from that, and you're gonna try to do something that you like. I see what doesn't work, so I'm gonna use like the opposite. I'm gonna take the path less traveled, and I'm actually gonna listen to people, kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's very important. I think once you, and it doesn't matter if the, and down the road if the studio blows up or if it doesn't, we have another title and this game makes millions of dollars it is what it is that's not going to mean you're not going to see me in discord hanging out with the community and playing the game you know right um i think i think it's very important to not sit in a high tower and and look down on you know the rest of your community you should be engaging talking to taking feedback um and improving every day it's not a it's not a hey you know we make too much money we don't really need to worry about this Totally. So, from somebody on the development side of games, now when you play games, do you look at those games with a developer's eye? You're like, oh, I see how they did this, or oh, I would have done this differently. It's like, you know, when you're a musician or a chef and you partake in music or food and you like critique every little thing, is that a part of your brain you can turn off or is it just there? No, it's there. Unfortunately, and I wouldn't consider really myself a developer. I've only been, you know, dabbling and working with Unrungeon for about a year and a half. Um, but I'm still learning, and I don't, I don't really think that I have earned that title yet completely because there's still a lot for me to learn. Um, but I do look at games completely different now. Like when I'm, you know, looking at animations and how character models are made. And, you know, talking to a 3D artist today and understanding, get, getting a breakdown of how stuff works. There, there's a lot that goes into it, and I I see a lot of good work like um, from like when I play Ready or Not or 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 something like that, and I I see all the stuff that that's in the game, and I'm like, oh man, it takes a long time to do, and you know, and I'm like, oh, it's, 
and I enjoy it. You know, like I, I, I actually enjoy indie games more than I do AAA. Right. Uh, because there's a lot of passion in the work that they do and, and the passion that they put into it and the time they put into it. I, I can understand from a, a standpoint of where I'm at. So. Indie games rarely feel phoned in, whereas sometimes AAA titles, you know, they're like, oh, we got to get this out by Christmas because sales and our stockholders. Then you end up with games that are dead on arrival, like a cyberpunk when that first yeah. released. Granted, they went back and they fixed a lot of that game, but unfortunately, it put such a bad taste in so many people's mouths that they're not willing to go back and try it because, you know, they already put the trust in their 60 bucks and it's a cyberpunk project. Exactly, and I don't think that... I think as a developing company, if you're a corporation or whatever it may be, and you're a big-time company, you don't need to produce a product every year. Right. You can wait. If you want to produce a quality product that people want, you listen to your community, and you make those changes, if it takes a year and a half or two years to do it or whatever it may be, because, you know, they have big teams, then take that time, be patient, and get it done. Don't rush a product because, you know... So the you, devs at... The quote-unquote placeholder studio, they're going to go quality over quantity. Yes, we would prefer quality over quantity, and we prefer to have a positive community, and we make them happy. That's, That's awesome. That's a great goal to have. So when it comes to this game... Do you guys have, I know it's very early in the project, but have you guys had, do you have a projected full launch date in mind? Like something that you're striving to, or is it one of those things where that will become, that, that'll make itself known as the project develops? Um, right now we're shooting for a end of March of next year um, with an early access um, by December. Now, obviously, if we don't meet those goals or we come up short and whatever it be, we're going to be very transparent with the community um, about where we're spending our money, where it's going, the things that are being done, what's not being done. Uh, I think it's very important for to have a holistic understanding so everybody can see what's going on. Uh, the I will say March is not far in terms of development comes up pretty quick um but we're working really really fast right oh, now yeah. it, it's other people it's crazy how when it comes to these types of things the people involved always say that time goes by very quick like when you have a baby and you're like oh my god this kid's already two time went by so fast it was just like that's probably the sleep deprivation talking <laughs> and i'm sure like you said you guys are working almost round the clock so that time is gonna fly by through the pure like blood sweat tears and sleep deprivation i hope you have enough rippets on deck to, for <laughs> yeah. the challenges ahead so that being said what is your choice of um, fuel while you're working on these projects? Do you partake in coffee, uh, um, energy drink? Like, what's 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 your go-to? Well, we are we we are old school gamers. Uh, I actually just went to the store. I got a beer. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we normally uh, Red Bull and beer. Pretty much what we do. We drink and we work on the game and I love drink a that. lot of Red Bull and eat a lot of ramen noodles because we're dumping all of our money into the game. So. Uh, I, I totally feel that as well because that, that's the thing about these passion projects that turn into things is just nobody cares about your project more than you ever will you know it's one of those things where yeah. if you want this to happen you have to do that if you want a movie 
If you want a movie that's like from your thing, you have to make it. If you want a game from your perspective or something that you want to see, you you can't just wait for somebody to make it for you. You have to go out there and make it. So would you say that's probably one of the driving forces for this game? Is It was a game that you guys all wanted to see play and you were tired of people not making it. So you decided, fuck it, let's make it ourselves. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, I miss the days of... Dude, I, I really, really miss the days of, like, you know, Metal Honor, Allied Assault, or Spearhead, or, like, the first Call of Duty. And They're you know, so good. You know, we had Ventrilo, we had TeamSpeak, we're in there hanging out with guys, you know, we're on there shooting shit and playing games. It was it were good times, man. Those were really good times. And I think our goal was pretty much to bring that back. We want people to enjoy themselves now. We don't want people chasing loot boxes or chasing battle passes or whatever it may be you know extra game in-game purchases and that kind of crap like csgo created nfts with their skins (laughs) and their their loot boxes and stuff like that so that's cool you guys aren't gonna go down those caveats of you know like pay to win like oh you spend this money you'll get a crazy rpk with no like you know recoil it's it's glad to hear that you guys are not going to go down that route because as a developer i can see how that could be very tempting especially if it's one of those things where you've been pouring all your money into a game for so long and it's like you want to reap extra benefits from it like i can understand it but at the same time from a gaming perspective it it breaks everything Mm-hmm. and i don't think that Sorry, I'm drinking beer. Um, oh, no worries. Drink away. Um, I don't. Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think it's very conducive to player base. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, if people want to pay twenty dollars, I remember going to Walmart with my dad every Friday, and we would get a game for our PlayStation One, and they were like twenty. I think that came like twenty, twenty-three dollars, depending. And oh, the golden age of gaming when everything was not gaming, right? <laughs> yeah, so we want to provide like a AAA quality product that people can enjoy, run around, have a good time. They don't have to worry about microtransactions. You know, we're going to give them a progression with levels and, and actual, you know, camos and stuff like that. They can grind out and at a cheap price, you know, we don't we don't want to break their bank. We want them to enjoy their time, you know, at the end of the day. Absolutely. So hitting on the enjoyment of time, I know this is a hot button topic for a lot of people around gaming right now. Unfortunately, cheating is a thing that's alive and well. Now, is your game like what steps are you guys planning on initiating to counteract cheaters? Um, so right now we have a in the so we are using assets, obviously, and we're building off the multiplayer template version 4.0 it comes with the anti-cheat built into it however we know that's not work um we've been i'm bringing in my brother uh he just graduated not too long ago for uh coding on the back end for networks um we're gonna have him and also uh justin does a lot of back end uh work and we're gonna take as many steps as possible and whatever it takes to make sure that cheaters um, are dealt with accordingly in the game, right? It, whether that be a vac ban, um, closing down VPN, um, you know, usage with having uh, using all the aspects of battle eye or looking into that, um, we're going to take whatever approach is necessary and whatever program we can use best to get it done. I know Valorant has a really good anti-cheat system. Yes, um, and we. I have to bounce the idea off. I don't want to say anything that we haven't really talked about, but I think that 
that would probably be a good route to see how uh, Valorant's doing it and probably implement that into the game, you know? Oh, absolutely. So with your game, there's a lot of... Uh a lot of talk about replay in game because sometimes it's hard to tell if somebody is cheating in certain games. So is, are your matches, is there going to be a replay option at the end for somebody to clip and ship something and be like, hey, this guy I think is doing something sketchy. Here is the clip. Send it off to the people or the team and like, you know, like a peer review thing to see and then have bands activate through that. Uh, we're not that far. Uh, not really sure. Um, I'd have to talk to the other dev, but right now we do have like a replay of who kills you. It'll show you who kills you. You can kind of watch them. Um, we'll probably add a spectator mode, and I I think it would better best be served with a spectator mode and a um, like a report button with the spectator mode. Also having um, people in there regularly. I I I think if you have people that play the game that are from the team that are in lobbies and playing with players, they'll be able to tell who is and who isn't and checking. Right. Um, that's in addition with the anti-cheat. I think having people from the actual studio in the game playing with players, you know, that's that's a good route too. But we really haven't really dived into it too much because we're trying to, you know, solve what we have right now. But Absolutely. we will have that conversation at some point. So for promotion of your guys' project, are you going to go through the routes of social media? Are you going to get like a booth at TwitchCon? Like, are you guys planning on doing anything special to promote this game in its current state? Uh, actually, no. We don't really want to promote the game in the current state because it's not really uh, where we want it or a fair representation of where we want it. Uh, fair. Um, because there's a lot of assets in there. We, we don't you want you it to be fully yours before you right? push that out. That's totally exactly. understandable. So, and we as, don't oh, go ahead, go ahead. So, as somebody um, who's creating this, is it one of those things where it's like, are you a perfectionist? No matter what state the game is at, are you always going to feel a little tinge of it's not perfect, or are you one of those guys that can actually step away from you know self-induced perfection? And be like, this is exactly what we want. Like, do you have that ability? Because not a lot of people who create things have that ability. Um, right now, I, I, I do have that ability when it comes to a final product that I feel com I'm comfortable with. Um, but right now, uh, everybody else sees a, 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 you know, a game that's fun to play. They can run around, shoot people, get in and out of matches quickly. And it's really just a concept. So people are enjoying it. Um, however, when me and Justin look at it, we're like, man, there's like hundreds of problems in here that we see. And... We know that coming from, like, you know, it's in concept, so we know there's going to be a lot of problems there. Um, but, yeah, we do get in there. We enjoy running around. It's a lot funner when you're running around with playing with other players than it is, you know, with the AI, obviously. But right. The really AI cool does it. silly stuff. Like, AI will just stare at each other. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's its own beast. So, from somebody who is developing their game... And somebody who is, you know, a creator. Like, I know personally with me, when I edit my stuff, I like, I hate my, the sound of my own voice. Or, you know, people who edit their own TikToks, like, oh, I, this joke could have been funnier. Now, when you go through and play your own game, is it fully enjoyable for you? Or do certain things, like, nag at you? Like, because you see, because as a person, you know, behind the scenes, you know every single aspect of that game. Like, what's right, what needs to be changed, what's not right. Does anything bother you when you're playing the game naturally? Um, 
I know there's a lot of problems, but when I load in and play with people, it's it's playing with people and knowing that people are happy. Kind of like turns that switch off for me. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, That's awesome. So getting in there and playing with people, just enjoying the game for what it is, or I don't even know if you'd call it a game at this point, <laughs> but you know, enjoying the product for what it is right now, uh, getting in and playing with people, I kind of turn that switch off and I just kind of enjoy the time I'm having with like-minded people that have the same vision. Nice. You know? So for anybody who is listening to this, who wants to check out this project, who wants to be involved, uh, be an involved community member, whether it be playing, finding bugs, reporting them, what is their best route to get involved with this project? Um, I would say join our Discord. Um, I, I'll send you the link so you can attach it. And then um, we're uploading right now through Valve, through the Steam Store for a playtest because we really want to open it up for everyone. We want everyone to play. Um, so what initially had happened, and I'm going to explain this, is going to be, you know, let me cover some bases here. Uh, we didn't expect the game to blow up the way that it did. Uh, we didn't expect it to reach thousands and thousands of people. We only had 2,500 keys, um, but we had, you know, partner streamers and things like that that had reached out to us that wanted to try it. And at the end of the day, we said, you know what? Fuck it. It is what it is. They want to play it. The, if that's what the community wants, then give the community what they want. So we just started handing. I think we went through a thousand keys, um, and those keys are actually going to be valid even for the alpha testing um, late later this year. But we have fifteen hundred on hand, which we will be handing out for the alpha testing um, later this year. But we want to. Right now, we're in the process of waiting on our review from Steam. So anybody can get in there and play it, um, get constant updates, provide the feedback so we can continue to improve uh, throughout the year. Uh, but giving it free and opening it up for everybody. So, yeah, that's our goal. See, that's awesome. So if this game got to the point where a huge competitive scene opened up and you had guys and organizations like 100 Thieves, FaZe Clan, Cloud9, would that be like the the ultimate pinnacle for you of success or what would you deem the ultimate pinnacle of this game being a success um i think the success is not really the esports scene or whatever it may be I, if the community's happy and the people are happy playing the game then i think the game is a success if people enjoy playing it I, at the end of the day and you know we've had some esports players that reached out and, and they played it and they loved it um does it have the potential with our vision that we have, we think it has the potential to be an esports type of competitive game, and we are going to go in that direction, right? Um, but if the community's happy and everything's going according the way it's supposed to, and we're doing what we're supposed to do, then we think it ultimately be a success based off of the community. So. Nice. So, that being said, are you guys thinking about implementing, like, an ELO-type system or a ranked-type system in later uh, versions of the game? Uh, yeah, probably closer to actual launch. Um, we don't really think it would be... I don't think it's important to add it in during, like, uh, maybe... These early aspects. Yeah, yeah, it's really not... It's kind of worthless. Um, but maybe closer to launch adding in like a leaderboard or something like that where it's more competitive play and people can track their stuff. Uh, yeah, that would absolutely be a, a go-to because people want to know how good they're doing in the game. They want to compare their stats. So Right. 
So from somebody yeah. who's been dealing with all this back end stuff, a lot of people never see that or never deal with all that. So how has it been like working with Steam? Has it been an easy process uh, dealing with them? It has been the how to say this in a nice way. The most difficult thing I have ever seen in my life. So is it like I, red tape or like what what about that has been a difficult it's process? It's super weird, right? Because we see a lot of like other and don't get me wrong, there are asset flippers out there, right? And and you can go through Steam and you see like some of the things they upload. Like our, our product got kicked back three times because of our images. They said our images, um, like our in-game footage from the game, they said it was not, um, it didn't have enough, uh, it wasn't visually enticing, right? <laughs> so really, we, we compare, the same, yeah, we compare that. The same organization or the same like company that puts out like, crazy like weird games like sex with hitler they're the ones who are telling you that your game's not visually appealing what the fuck yeah yeah like we've seen we've seen titles with nothing but like a, a black border with like two words on it you know what i mean and that's right. visually enticing right so uh it, it's got three kickbacks so far and we submitted uh again early this morning i think it was like one in the morning um to to get reviewed and they don't. They don't give you any follow up. They just say that. They don't like follow up with as to why. They just. They just give you these like weird, vague like reasons. The re. They okay. It's kind of weird the way they do it. So we we uploaded all of our images and everything like that for like capsule image and hero images like that we send it in and they send it. They take forever and they send it back to us and they're like, hey, you know, it's very vague the way they kind of say it. Hmm. They're like, hey, you know this. Um, this thing didn't have, you know, the right lettering or or the right transparency or this thing was on it. It was cut off by maybe like a centimeter on the left side of the the image, and we're like, like, you literally up upload asset flips with no problem, right? But when it comes to us, it's a problem. So we have this weird conspiracy in the Discord that uh, uh, I guess since the game kind of blew up. It, they're <laughs> they're trying to make it harder for us to get the game on there because you know other triple A titles know so, uh, right. But it's a funny, it's a running joke. So right, and there's <laughs> so, there's no there's no tin foil hat weird <laughs> following like you know people out there like they're you know there's there's some doing us there there's those real, yeah, there's no real thoughts of sabotage. It's just a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're just joking around. But um, yeah, That's we funny. resubmitted this morning. Hopefully. We'll find out uh, sometime today. Normally, not two. They say two to three days, but they get back kind of like within twelve hours. So, so for uh, this game, you guys are obviously going on the PC scale. Now, if later doors were to open for you and your team, would this be a game that you would like to see introduced into consoles? Absolutely. Um, I think as a team, like we would really, really, really want to push the game to consoles for Xbox, PlayStation, so people could actually, you know, the, the strategic, you know, I, I played Combat Desert Storm on, uh, dang, what did I play that on? That was a long time ago. The PlayStation 2, I believe. Um, and there's, you know, there are st strategy um, third-person shooter players out there that want to play on those consoles. And it, if they're there and they want it, then by all means, um, I think the the biggest part is getting the controller down. We actually added the uh, the movements in there um, <clears throat> last night or yesterday. Uh, we added all the other buttons 
Oh, we didn't add the buttons yet, but we added all the other controls basically for a controller. So controller support will be coming actually a lot sooner than later, you know, because that's what the community wanted. So we kind of made that a portion of our priority, not our main priority, but, you know, we got it done in a timely manner. Right. So at this point, how many man hours would you say, if you had to ballpark, how many man hours would you say have gone into the development of this game? In the last week? Yes. Or, well, let's go by oh. week. Let's go, let's go week. Okay, well, just for this week, I think I only slept like 16 hours this week. Jesus. Last night I got 12 of I got 12 hours of sleep last night after work. <laughs> so wait, wait, you've only got four hours of sleep this entire week until yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd normally get around like four hours, four to five hours, maybe five hours of sleep. Normally it's three and a half to four hours of sleep a day. So you're a um, functional zombie living off of Red Bull and an alcoholic beverage. I mean, it's the military, man. That is <laughs> that... that- Nicotine and hatred. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, you get used to it after a while. Yeah, you absolutely do. It's crazy the things that you can get used to when you're going through it. So that that's awesome that you're like adopting that mindset and transferring it over to the gaming development side. So your fellow devs are they also from the similar background or are they civilians through and through? Well, it's just me and um, Justin right now. Justin did. Uh, he worked. Well, he's been doing this for about ten years, a little over ten years now. Um, but you know, he worked. He worked for Blizzard, part of the Activision section, and then worked on some other stuff that while he was there. But he's he knows. I guess you could compare the sleep sky cycles are, are for developers are pretty much the same as people in the military. To be honest, right? Uh, they're, so he, they're definitely they work, super healthy, you know. and you get enough time. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. And we're pretty much on the same schedule. Um, and, you know, we'll take breaks here and there. We'll take, like, one, two-hour naps uh, on the weekends. And then, uh, you know, we'll come back and continue working. And But, yeah, dude, like, we – if it's not – I after the project blew up, like, I haven't been out of my house or gone anywhere or done anything. I've just been focusing 100% on the community, the game, and the team, and making sure stuff gets done pretty much. Right. So are you looking forward – to the day where you can sit back, take a deep breath, and say it's done, or does part of you just like the grind and you're you're secretly dreading that day when this project is like full and complete? I think a part of me kind of kind of likes the grind because uh, when I got out of the army, like uh, you know, we worked long hours, and uh, I think I did, from the sounds of it, I think you might have been prior army, but. Um, <clears throat> The, you know, working 16-hour days, going home and trying to take care of a family, and then going to sleep, waking up at 4, you know, getting to work at 4.30, doing PT, and doing it all over again. You kind of get used to it. Right. But, you know, after switching branches, I'm kind of like, it's a little different schedule, right? But I think doing this kind of gives me that, that feeling like I'm still in the Army, so I'm kind of like, I get that, you know, you're working nonstop kind of feeling, and I... I I kind of like it. You've kept you know? the deadlines. You've kept the stress, but you've eliminated people telling you to take off your hat when you're inside and people yelling at you for stepping on grass yeah. so you've, and people making you run and yelling at you. So you've taken away the more annoying aspects of your previous Absolutely. occupation, but you've kept the stressors. Yeah, I think um, 
over time you kind of learn to deal with stress and you learn to like uh like you learn to you learn to function with and work with it and um a lot of people take a lot of people go to work and they'll work all day and they'll say you know when you come home from work like this is stressful and for me it's a little different i go to work i do my job i come home i do my job right and i don't look at my work as stress because i enjoy what i do both at work and what i'm doing here at home with the project and i think as long as you love what you do and you have passion in what you do uh you know it, it won't be stressing we'll consider it as that. right it equals out it makes it a worthwhile venture yeah it balances pretty much so is there any game that somebody could compare your game to that you consider high flattery and on the other side of the coin is there any comparison to your game that somebody could make with another game that you would consider an absolute like uh disrespectful like take like what would be your two sides of that coin um i don't really know like if people did make another game that was you know on par i you know visions are so different i don't really think that there would be another game that's um quite like yours you know, at this point yeah quite like ours and i i think I think our game at the end of the day is really going to resonate with people and take them back to the early 2000s. And it's going to, you know, take them back to the late 90s. That nostalgic yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. With a modern touch. That's really all we're going for. Right. And I, I don't think there's really a team out there that wants to do that. And I'm not saying it's a shame, you know. You know, people will jump on trends and they will try and keep up with, well, Call of Duty is doing this. Maybe we should do it, you know, or battlefield's doing this maybe we should do it right people try to emulate bigger titles and bigger studios as opposed to listening to their own creative voices absolutely and i i we come from a perspective where you know all of our favorite games are like you know uh battlefield 1942 you know the old school medal of honors uh death combat as a storm rainbow six uh ghost recon the original ghost recons right um so we have a very old way of thinking when it comes to approach for a game and we want to take the best aspects you know the old school battlefield back to we need to take the best ba- um aspects of those games and that's what we that's what we want to build off of things that we used to love to do in older games that wasn't so complicated and straightforward and you got a good finished product at the end of the day and you didn't get a rushed product that had 50,000 bugs you know right no totally so from a fun aspect of this, are you going to put, like, fun Steam achievements? Be like, you know, kill five people with a grenade, or, you know, silly things like that. Are you going to add those type of achievements onto this game because it is a Steam game? Um, we haven't really got that far yet. Totally. Uh, um, I'm sure at some point we will have achievements, but uh, we were joking around the other day. We saw a... Uh, we saw like a retro map that was like from like a PlayStation One, and uh, we were like, you know, it'd be really funny if we like if we threw these characters in the blender and like, you know, downgraded the pixels for them and then threw them into the map. The players could load into like a PlayStation One map with like PlayStation One graphics and run around and shoot each other. That we thought would that be, would be cool. pretty funny. Or like a don't like a Doom map where everything just goes yeah, to like yeah. Doom <laughs> yeah. graphics. That would be pretty sick. I I, I know games have done that before, but it would be an unexpected twist, which would be fun. Yeah, we we're joking around about it. We thought that was pretty funny. 
Um, maybe at some point, just for a meme, you know, with an update, uh, one of these days, we'll probably do that. Throw in, like, an old pixelated, like, PlayStation 1 map, but keep the characters modern so people <laughs> can run around and see the difference of what they think the game used to look like and what it actually looks like. Totally. So, so when you guys are able to develop all your own 3D models and you're not using so much like you were talking about from the stuff that's currently out there for games to pick and use, is there any particular model that you're looking forward to making your own, whether it be a gun, an agent, anything like that really sticking out for you? No, we really want to stick to um, as, as real and as close to actual present day operators as possible. Um, and I think we're doing just that. Uh, we did talk with a 3D modeler today in his studio, and we got a price estimate for some things that, you know, we want to implement. And um, he actually, you know, he quit his job and started doing that full time. And, I, and their, their products are absolutely amazing. Their work is amazing. And um, we're going to be in the near future incorporating a lot of that work and replacing a lot of our characters, uh, our models, how we're going to be fighting and stuff like that in the game. And <clears throat> we don't really have a clear cut. I would say, like, we don't want to add in, like, special characters like Call of Duty does, where it's like, you know, this character or that character, and has, like, a huge storyline and random... People yeah. don't care. You want to keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. You're not trying to do like the R6 amount of like, you know, customizable crazy agents. You just want to keep it simple as possible because, you know, the game's not about getting lost in the bells and whistles. The game's about the game. Yeah, the game's about having fun, enjoying a good time. And don't get me wrong, like, we do want to have character customization from head to toe. Absolutely every single thing on your character we want to be customizable down to um, the dips like you know the dips pack in the lip you want it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we want the helmet uh the headset held towards con you know whatever they're using uh their chest rigs their tops their bottoms their boots their weapons um we want everything to be customizable uh to an extent and we we do want people to be able to make the care they want to make the character they want to make that that they can resonate with and they can be tied to. Right. Totally. That makes complete sense. So when it comes to playing your own game, what is your preferred method to play? Are you a mouse and keyboard kind of guy, or do you like to do controller? I'm a mouse and keyboard, but I also grew up a long time ago. So, like, you know, I was playing, like I said, all those previous titles, and I was playing those as a kid growing up. Actually, Diablo 2 was one of my all-time favorite games. Um, oh, classic. Completely different. Yeah. And, um, but I, th I, I remember the first time I got my hands on, uh, when I was a kid, I used to go work with my dad. He was a carpenter and, um, he would give me some money every, every two weeks for working. And we'd go to Walmart and I'd go down the, the C, you know, the, the PC aisle they used to have at Walmart. I think the first game I bought was Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Dude, I played that game for, I didn't get off of the Windows 95 for a hot minute, dude. Um, and, uh. I am, dude, those are the best times. And kind of aiming it, I want to bring that back, you know, with what we have. So for you, that was the golden age of your gaming, like, history, was mm -hmm. that time. Yeah, uh, all the Medal of Honor, the, the War Chest, you know, Spearhead Breakthrough, um, all the Battlefields, uh, Secret Weapons of World War II, uh, Battlefield Vietnam, like, those were 
to me, right, you know, in Call of Duty 1, those were the golden age. That, for me, that's the golden age of shooters. Right. Right. And a lot of those aspects, and that's where I get a lot of my passion from, is those that golden age of shooters. So when you look back on the games the way they used to be, and then you look at the current state of Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and all that, like, are you disappointed with the direction that they went towards, like, the BRs and things of that nature? Um... I like BR. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. And, you know, there are people out there that like it. I don't think it's for everyone. Um, you know, as you get older, you kind of have to adapt to the way that people play games and what they want and things like that. And that's okay. You know, if that's what the player, if that's what their community and player base wants, then at the end of the day, okay, you know, they're going to give their player base what they want. Um, totally. But it's, it's kind of hard to you know, look at a modern generation, uh, their player base and their golden age of gaming and try to resonate with them from an older um, standpoint. So I think the best way to do that is to produce a product with, you know, a, a modern product that has the same AAA qualities but brings in that older way of, of gaming. So you kind of merge the two cultures together or generations together to kind of come to an understanding of you know what it used to be like things like that that totally makes sense so we're getting close to our time constraint so at this time texas is your time to say whatever it is you would like to say whether it is to thank your community plug something that's coming up down the road to talk to anyone like your team of developers or the other guy in the development pool. Now's your time to say whatever it is you would like to say. The floor is yours. Um, I would like to say to our community, man, those man, the community has been wild. <laughs> they've been, they've been putting a lot of work in. I appreciate them. They're every day in the general chat, hanging out. Um, if you're waiting on a key, we stop the keys. Just wait for the playtest to go up. You're gonna, everybody's gonna be in there. Everybody's gonna be playing. Um, we really want you guys to enjoy your time. Give us honest feedback. Um, you know, we we take it, we work with it, we run with it, uh, and you know, we'll we'll continue to stay transparent uh, with the community, and we hope that everybody's having a good time. It's the weekend. Enjoy yourselves, and uh, we'll be down in there playing games with you later tonight. But you know, we spend the majority of the the morning and afternoon working on the and also i want to thank you man thanks for taking uh for, for bringing me on and um you know i hope the podcast continues to go good and everybody has a good time i appreciate that and if for anyone that wants to get interested in this project please scroll down look at the description the link to the discord from from within will be in the description also I will put in some people who are streaming that. So if you want to watch this game live in action on certain, you know, people's streams, feel free to go check that out. Other than that, I would like to take this time to thank you, Texas Toast, for coming on the show. Because I know it's always a hard sell. We're like, hey, do you want to talk to a complete stranger about gaming for an hour plus? It's not an easy thing to ask. So anyone who takes that dive, I definitely appreciate all of them anytime you want to come back like if you wanted to come back with your other dev maybe down the road to talk about the project as it's progressing be, i would love to have that absolutely i think that would be very good and then um maybe we can set something up you know and i appreciate you and yeah we can definitely get the other dev in here so you can talk to him and kind of 
pick pick both sides of the coin. That would be fu- that would be fun. I would definitely be down with that. Other than that, it's Saturday. It's it's a shitty day here in California, but whatever you guys are, I hope it's a nice day for you. And if so, why don't you go outside and touch and or smoke some grass? And with that being said, I'll catch you next time on the comms. <laughs>